0: Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire, Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 210, and today we'll be talking about Monster in the Garden, an episode of Craig of the Creek, written and storyboarded by Lamar Abrams and Jeff Liu. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, uh, it looks like they were keeping the Steven Universe borders a little bit busy during some downtime. Don't know what any of that was about.
1: This is gotta be the most slice-of-life episode of any slice of life cartoon uh maybe ever it's competitive for sure with anything steven universe has produced for being incredibly casual and fun and uh, not at all trying to create uh, attention or anything else it's definitely something different for the storyboards to do than your t- typical steven universe episode which has to deal usually with a lot more emotional weight or even a lot more jokes Um, this is definitely lighthearted, fun, and, uh, I just really love, I couldn't help but have a million comparisons in my head to, hey Arnold, when, when I watched this episode or when I watched the show, and I really love it for that. Mm -hmm.
0: Man, uh, but we are, of course, going to get our story arc significance when Craig calls in that favor from the deer goddess. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that at the end, in
1: case you didn't see the episode, Craig, does save a deer uh, which he originally thinks might be a monster such as a vegan werewolf (laughs) Uh, and deer might be aptly described as vegan werewolves I really thought for a second that they were going to go when Craig first discovered the deer in the direction of deer are evil and horrifying (laughs) because they are and um, you know if you've never heard a deer scream definitely watch that very popular youtube video but yes craig does save a deer at the end and i can't help but think that that's fun continuity that they could have with having a deer somehow rescue him in the future or he somehow gives a nod to a fellow
0: forest animal just like uh just like logan and the bear in that one wolverine movie (laughs) like Uh, something like that (laughs) oh it was hilarious poor bear But yeah, let's see, just for like overall
1: impressions, you know, I I tried to not worry so much about comparing it to Steven Universe this time around and just kind of appreciated it for being Craig of the Creek. Minus the Creek, of course. (laughs) Yeah. After seeing enough episodes of this now, um, I just really love the vibe of Craig's friends and his family. And obviously this is leans into his family side because he goes on a day trip or well, an overnight trip to stay with his grandparents. And I guess this is our first introduction To uh, his grandma and his grandpa. And I really liked these two characters. They didn't pull, I guess, a lot of punches. Like these are very, very, very likable characters uh, with basically no flaws. (laughs) And that's great because what we get in one part of the episode uh, with Craig's grandpa and almost... Uh, Similar to how OKKO tried to make coding look fun, (laughs) we have sort of the workshop moment with Craig and and his grandpa and them making architectural drawings for first a moat full of piranhas and then uh, eventually just a fence. just really made me think about like making architecture and like grandpa's workshop fun for kids, especially in a world where, you know, where Craig's always connected with his mobile device and other things and technology Plays a greater role in their lives that they can just like the show in general is trying to show the kids' lives represented outdoors and doing things alternate to technology, you know also having this message in there was kind of fun and then of course, his grandma is just well, fight me, yes, what it, how did you feel about her
0: i mean i think I think she's written to be uh, not like a nanafwa like character, but like to be popular like Nanawa is like, oh man, I like her. <laughs> She just gives off that vibe, you know?
1: Yes. And even though there isn't like a ton of focus on it, it's just um, fun to see that compared to some show back in the day, like Rugrats, which had a, a feminist character who we almost are supposed to look down on or laugh at a little bit and who always has a prominent like logo for for like female gender on her sweatshirt not to mention her husband yes and her you know supposed to be effeminate husband this is so much more so refreshing so much more modern and just like i like that she still has the shirts that sort of represent something but they're much more you know, actually useful statements. And uh, I just like her the little peek we have into her history in, you know, civil rights. And, you know, this show, which uh, a lot of, you know, along with Steven Universe, they really try to show a diversity of characters and different backgrounds. And obviously, this show prominently features a black family as the main cast. I like how the grandma sort of in the background in the kitchen while she's looking through the album book, while she references uh, sort of inequality in the past, also sort of, it mentions that inequality is still, you know, happening today. And it's sort of in that children's show way of like adults having that kind of conversation yeah. in the background type thing. Um, I just appreciate that kind of perspective. So
0: I'll tell you this, for Craig's grandpa, I'm really glad that they didn't write him taking any of the cheap shots that they could have allowed him at Craig for his like way over illustrating like... <laughs> Craig likes to draw stuff, but they amped it up to 11 in this episode. Like, here, I think Europe's over here. <laughs> <laughs> I uh,
1: It was weird how they had an Etch-A-Sketch-like quality to the way Craig drew lines. I guess it was actually, we didn't see, like, the graph line so much, but I guess he was supposed to be drawing on, like, a graph or charting-type pa- engineering paper. Hmm. So that was kind of cool to see them, like, integrate that detail in. Because as he was co- drawing the continents, it was, like... All very blocky and perfectly square on all the edges. But also I love his like childhood sense of geography. Like that's how I drew (laughs) every US map as a kid. Just like some, you know, (laughs) blob and then Florida. You got a straight line left, straight line right, Florida, and then Texas kind of caves in a little bit. Now I do need to uh, insert that where we previously were wondering if Steven Universe had any sort of connection with Craig's world. I don't exactly remember in which way the lore intersected. Oh, it was uh, a- the Little Butler theme song. Since Craig drew Florida, uh, I don't know. According to the <laughs> the official blog of Ronaldo, there's maybe not a Florida. Uh, I can't remember from more recent maps of Steven Universe if Florida is a feature of the U.S. or and not. Florida's missing. So, unfortunately... The hopes and dreams of many for the
0: show to have a canon crossover, at least, cannot happen. I mean, it it could have been a fanciful imaginary land that he had concocted (laughs) in his head. Like, the dream is still alive. For all we know, Florida is like a childhood myth that all
1: of these kids have, like Atlantis, and that he might have drawn in a map. The likelihood of that is um, pretty much zero, but sure, if you want to keep the theory alive that these shows could cross over, keep that in mind, fans of Craig of the Creek.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, with Uncle Grandpa, anything's possible, really. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that show's nice and canceled, just where it
0: needs to be. (laughs) So. But the character is still Cartoon Network IP. Hmm. Wonderful. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Speaking of
1: gifts, I don't know if I really noticed Jessica as much as a character. Maybe I've missed some of the episodes she's featured more prominently in. But that's, of course, uh, Craig's younger sister. And she really, this time, gave me... And I must have just not paid attention to Briffle Orr because you would have noticed this the first time you heard her voice. But she's like a more articulate cat bug from, <laughs> um, from Bravest Warriors. She is not as cute as Catbug. No, I mean, it's definitely a different character than Capug is, but she's more articulate. So just this like sweet voice and small body. But I I like what, for instance, when she's joking with her grandma and she sort of mispronounces constituents as constipation, but actually maybe intentionally and and grandma sort of catches on to that. I just thought that was really fun (laughs) writing from the half, like the kid being in on the joke of mispronunciation. So
0: Well, mm.
1: Oh, you want to debate she wasn't aware? She's not sure of the difference between constipation? Well, I think
0: think (laughs) she became aware of it. I think the that's what I said, constipations, I think that was a joke. (laughs) But you're sending these out because you're constipated? (laughs) Or maybe she honestly had no idea what, what constituents was, and so she made a joke about constipation. That's also possible.
1: Either way, Craig of the Creek was definitely pushing its TV Y seven boundaries.
0: So, <laughs> oh come on, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure constipation is Y seven kind of humor. I mean, like, <laughs> I can imagine an episode about that of Teen Titans Go. Aren't they Y seven?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, The Legend of Korra got away with like spoiler alert a you know like murder suicide at the end of its season one. So, and that was show was TV Y seven. So. It's a broad category.
0: <laughs> yeah. But let's see here. I mean, Greg and Chelsea. Great joke. I wish that that, that would be a great joke to pull out again. Oh, which one on their video chat? The both of them. The fact that there are two very similarly named kids who kind of <laughs> look the same. Like Chelsea even has the lizard in her hair.
1: Yes, that was, ah, uh, that seems like one of those writing room jokes that really comes out of nowhere and everyone in the room laughs about, but it ends up being really weird in execution. Like the episode just starting off with him being on his phone in a group vo- video chat and then just by chance <laughs> there are two clones of like a, uh, another
0: Craig. Uh, it's just super weird. They're probably there visiting their grandparents. <laughs> that, that's deep lore. Yep, that's some deep stuff.
1: I don't know if those characters ever reappear, but it would be funny just that casually every time Craig is away, there is a replacement for him at home. (laughs) I mean, that could lead to a whole episode with those characters. That would be so funny to just have alternate versions. That's like a fun riff.
0: That'd be funny. Kid asking Craig, hey, when's the next time you're leaving? Oh, Oh, Greg owes me some money, and I want him (laughs) to pay me back. (laughs) So the characters catch on that... Greg and Chelsea are only around when Craig's off. Yeah, I
1: mean, it, it would be a sort of whatever the title of the Steven Universe episode is, uh, the alternate Crystal Gems, uh, the new Crystal Gems.
0: Yep. Temps of the Creek.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, also thinking about uh, from a design perspective, right at the opening of that shot, the just car pulling over they're you know, sort of in a more forested area when they're coming coming through to his grandparents house. A lot of these Cartoon Network shows in general, there's a lot of a lot of side shots. So there was just um, something surprising about seeing this like car coming towards the screen and this nice <laughs> vista of trees that I was like, "Ooh, look at them using alternative angles. And then also then I started paying attention to it for the rest of the episode to see how many more times they did stuff like that. And uh I do like moments like when Craig is waiting at night to catch the monster and he has his cookies eaten uh there's some great alien and suspenseful music and, and some sharp tones that play as he eats each batch of cookies but we also get this nice overhead of the cookies as they disappear which yeah, i think it's a little easier to make it overhead of a plate of food compared to other other things but you know it mixes yeah. things up when it's not just side shots of the characters the whole episode which maybe that's a low bar for me to set for some of this but also i just this episode in general had a, a little bit of i don't know between like the new. Characters and new locations, although Craig the Creek frequently has new locations in each episode, uh did, did a pretty good job of giving a sense of place and you know, I like the design of like the inner walls of the garden too, just like the garden's pretty small, uh which yeah. I actually related to that because I had like a grandpa with a similar like small uh garden, although definitely not as tall vegetation, and just like being in the center and being hidden is kind of fun.
0: It's bigger on the inside though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it had a TARDIS-like quality.
0: I mean, maybe that's just Craig's imagination at work. Mm. I do I do find it funny that he doesn't like Bernard's cookies, but, I mean, he's willing to eat them anyway.
1: <laughs> I do wish the, um, I, I feel like the show in general has uh, laid off of really having Craig spend a lot of his time, a lot of time with his siblings, um, and they are pretty different in age, but it's kind of interesting. Obviously, this episode has to focus on him just interacting with his grandparents and all, um, but... For a trip with his grandparents, the grandkids are pretty separate for most of it, or at least Craig is i want to know more <laughs> about his I mean his older brother, we've gotten insights like the cards episode, yeah,'ve so seen beast. his backstory there, yeah, his sister a little less, but who knows
0: I mean she had her episode too, yeah, i just I just ain't seen it,
1: so just haven't eh. seen it.
0: I mean, it, it's it's all about the Creek, and neither of them are Creek kids, so they're just supporting characters. Yeah,
1: well, that, there's definitely space for the show to, like, as his sister, if they do natural aging in the show, she could always become involved in Creek activities, and that, that'd that be kind of fun. Um,
0: yeah, maybe that'll be a season three change-up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's when they get a new theme song.
0: <laughs> then we can have the spin-off Jessica of the street, Wall Street. <laughs> I think you need to diversify your portfolio.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to introducing new characters, too, I did like I feel like his grandparents are, uh, you know, uncomplicated enough at the moment, but yet have room to sort of expand more of who they are and what they've dealt with. I really liked, you know, for instance, again, bringing it back to Hey Arnold. His grandpa's like back pain was always brought up purely as like a joke. And obviously he had like really prominent like bony bump on his head and like <laughs> yeah. prominent bump in his neck. But, uh, you know, having Craig's grandpa actually kind of like disappointed that he can't get out into the garden and, and sort of dealing with that you know brings some interesting characterization again there's that feeling of like craig sort of at the exterior of the room watching this conversation happen between his grandparents that he's not directly involved in and uh it's just good to do in kids shows it's good to have kids on the peripheral absorbing things about the adults in their life
0: yeah but i don't expect that they'll be characterized too much i mean the show is through Craig's eyes. And I mean, h- how much does a kid really know their grandparents? Although I guess
1: yeah, that's true.
0: I guess Craig doesn't live too far away from him.
1: No, I mean, between the two of them, I think it's definitely his grandma that could have more of a role in the show. It definitely reminds me of um, I, Ian doesn't work on the show. But it reminds me uh, because she's so like political and really like Nanafwa too. Although I think Nanafua relates to this even more in JQ's uh, grandma was like, The creator of the, I think, Ghana state flag and like pretty prominent in in Ghana's political history. So uh, I like that, you know, both both Steven Universe and the show have like prominent women sort of taking the charge in politics and and history. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool connection to
0: the actual creators. And I mean, this one's already on the city council. Watch out, Mr. Mayor.
1: (laughs) That's right. She's helping repair fences and is great at talking to constituents. So,
0: yeah. Sending out letters. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Craig didn't use the epoxy glue, though. <laughs> uh,
1: it'd be, it would have been pretty bad. I wonder if one of the writers actually had had experience with such a glue in their lives. Uh, just having like it pulled out of his hair by his sister. I'm yeah. like wondering. I feel like one of the writers has <laughs> attempted this glue. Also, just he, the fact that he got caught in that trap was great, a yeah. great gag.
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on, Craig. I mean, it's it's a miracle that that glue was still wet. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a weird property. And that it instantly dried on as soon as as soon as Craig lays down on it, activated by organic
1: contact, you know. Obviously. Yeah,
0: it must be it must must be heat activated. Mm. I mean, what better to trap a monster? Monsters give off a lot of heat.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. It was too bad they didn't actually use the monster detection tool.
0: Yeah, that was kind of like foreshadowing that went nowhere. It just got the idea of a monster into Craig's head.
1: Right. I mean, you could have even had like the counter slightly go off when the deer is nearby and, you know, sharpen the intrigue that Craig has. But oh, well, I guess it was just one of those grandpa jokes to throw in.
0: More characterization for Grandpa than intrigue for the episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, the episode do- does not really try to fool us into thinking that it's going to be anything more than than uh, some kind of typical animal, right? I mean,
0: don't we see the deer when he's got the trap out? So, I mean, at that point, you know exactly what it is, even if you hadn't suspected it before.
1: Right. It's there. There's no... It, it's about just watching Craig realize it with no real suspense and and really you know it's not like this strong plot thread anyway like there's not this great like uh, mystery and then build up yeah. and then pay off it's so totally casual visit to grandparents yeah. and i think it's it a reason for
0: craig's character growth yeah
1: well and ultimately i like most visits that kids have to their grandparents there's no there's not many great revelations about who your grandparents are or about yourself it's just kind of hanging out and that that's pretty much what the story represents uh, it's a lot of what this show does is just kind of puts um you know establishes normalcy of like kids lives just establishes hey this is what kids are doing and this is like what healthy and good relationships look between the family and navigating that
0: and meanwhile it's an epic struggle for craig to save the garden <laughs> it can be both of these at the same time
1: exactly right pitting that against the the like kids imagination is is awesome
0: yeah Without doing the Rugrats thing of showing us the imagination, it shows (laughs) us the reality.
1: Well, and that always caused so many more problems, because those babies always caused so much trouble for the parents in their lives with their misunderstanding of how the world worked. I much more prefer Craig's world.
0: Yeah, Craig's a little bit more grounded. Well, did you have anything else to say about Monster in the Garden?
1: Uh, Yes, I firmly agree with Craig's grandma that chocolate chunks are... The only thing that belonged in a chocolate chip cookie.
0: There you go. And the Bernard
1: had never thought of it before. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even know why they sell chocolate chips. I kind of want to go buy a jet bag of chocolate chunks right now.
0: There you go. Make yourself some cookies. Do better than Bernard.
1: Uh, pretty easy to do. Not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, that's a very low bar to set. But, I mean, gotta start somewhere. Anyway, I guess that's it for us on Monster in the Garden. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarSeaspire.com. Thank you for listening.